Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's a full 40 with Chris and Rob, part of the Stay Tuned Network, brought to you by Nova Insider. I'm coming to you live, even though Brian always says this is recorded. I'm coming to you live from my sister's childhood bedroom. Wow, not even your childhood bedroom, your sister's. No, 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 no. My childhood bedroom doesn't exist anymore. My parents don't really agree with me being at their house, so I get my sister's room when I need to... Take a moment to do a podcast, but fair enough. speaking of the podcast, this episode of the full 40 is brought to you by Homefield uh, and their new Villanova collection just released yesterday. Rob is showing off his shirt. If you're watching us on YouTube, got the old, old wildcat screeching with the wildcats above it. You gotta love that look. I personally have the old school Wildcats stepping through the V with the Villanova down the V. I love this old logo. This is, I love it. I think it's, I think it's so like cool looking. Like probably, retro, retro anything is pretty good. I retro anything. And that's what home is great. And that's what home field does. They sell vintage uh, collectible gear for fans. And it's a, it's a great company. The shirts are super comfortable. They are. Um, everything that they make is super comfortable. Uh, and and they do a great job. And yesterday, today we're recording. It's Sunday, uh, February twenty seventh. They dropped on Saturday the twenty sixth. Big new Saturday, big new Catterday, if you will. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, and and Villanova actually did quite well. So they measure from noon to midnight how much sales happened in those first twelve hours. And Villanova came in with the top in one of the top twenty five. Uh, big new Saturdays ever um, past, I believe, Michigan uh, and had a great Saturday. So kudos to you Villanova fans. But if you haven't done so yet, go to Home Field Apparel and use the code FULL40, F-U-L-L-4-0, and you get 15% off your first purchase from Home Field if you place the code FULL40 at checkout. Not Check bad. it out. The designs are great. They got 14 t-shirts. Rob and I are just wearing two of the many. I actually just bought six more. Um, so I will have owned seven. I will have owned half of the collection by the Pretty time, good. by the time that shipment comes in. I so love it. check it out. Homefield apparel. Use the code full 40 at checkout. All right. With that said, Rob, what are you drinking today? Oh, well, I didn't re-up my liquor cabinet from last time, so I hit one of my favorites again, back to the teeling, little hint of Ireland to just get you in the mood for this podcast. It worked last time. Let's hey, get look, it rocking. Little Ireland, energy. little luck of the Irish, little luck of, luck of the friars, if you will. We're going to get into mm, the Providence mm. game later. Indeed. Um, I am at my parents' house, as I mentioned earlier, I'm sitting here in my sister's childhood bedroom. I have, I'm drinking this. I don't know. I've never heard of this before, but it's called Redemption. 
<laughs> oh yes, redemption, of course. Redemption high rye bourbon. I saw it and I was like, you know what? This is a redemption week for the Wildcats. Oh wow, very thematic a, of you. I like this it. This is a like redemption it. week for the Wildcats. And let's get into why. On Tuesday night, Tuesday night at what the Yukon fans call the Hartford Civic Center, or what's better known as the Excel Center. Villanova dropped a heartbreaker, 71-69 Real rough. Uh, to the up-and-coming Huskies. Uh, um, and we lost it in the last minute of that game. We could recap everything that went on in that game. At this point, it's five days in the past. So I think we just got to hit on some themes from the game. Yeah. First, let's start with the last minute of play. Oh, do we have to? We have to. Villanova made mistakes because I, I want to make an overall point. Yeah, that this game, this loss, this game does not worry me in the slightest. Rob I'm putting, is. I'm putting my shirt on. Rob I'm is cold, currently cold. putting on his shirt, so I'm just going to talk for a little bit. Um, this game does not worry me in the slightest. Villanova made uncharacteristic mistakes down the stretch. This wasn't a blown. This wasn't a blown lead like we've blown leads earlier in the year. That wasn't the style. It wasn't how this game happened. Yes. This wasn't UCLA, Purdue, no. et cetera, like, like coming back to haunt us again. That wasn't what happened here. Villanova just failed to execute what they always execute down the stretch. This loss started 35-ish seconds left in the game. We're up 69 to 65. Caleb Daniels misses the front end of a one and one right there. I knew that we were in trouble and that's no hate on Caleb Daniels, but that's winning play. You got to make winning play. Jay Wright runs a drill in practice. This is like as long as he's been there and it's called win the game and they do free throws forever. And this is why this team and Villanova is always one of the best free throw, free throw shooting teams in the country. But this team in particular is one of the best free throw shooting teams ever. But Caleb missed the front end of a one and one. And what happens when you do that? We could have been up five. We could have been up six. And the game is won. The game's over. You go up six with 30 seconds left. Game is over. Absolutely. Oh, over, over to the point of like, they're not even trying. They're like, yeah, we'll come down and shoot a three. It's like, yeah, they, they know this is done. Yeah. Right. Total, total mindset shift. Total mindset shift. Yes. A four point game and a six point game is still a two possession game, but it's a totally different Absolutely. circumstance. So what happens on the ensuing possession? UConn comes down the floor. I knew it was going to happen. They run a perfect set to Tyler Polly's one of the best three-point shooters, and he absolutely drills a three. Then they set up their press, which we knew was coming. Brandon Slater passes it to Colin Gillespie. Colin, now, there's going to be a number of different ways we can dissect this, and we'll get into the refereeing in a moment. But Colin Gillespie, fifth-year senior, who we love, obviously, don't need to say that, but we love him. He gets the ball, invites a trap, doesn't call timeout, and gets tied up. Now yep. we can get, we'll get into the we'll get into the refereeing call on the tie up in just a second. But but he invited that. He brought that upon himself. What can you do in that situation? Pass out of it. You could call a timeout. This is a veteran who knows that we have a timeout in the hopper for this situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. This he is, could have called timeout. That was an avoidable situation. And instead, mistake. we put the game in the referee's hands. 
that might be the pass the fucking ball award of the week. If I'm being honest with you, it, it is. It is for me. Literally, yeah. it is literally. Obviously, he knows the pass. He didn't pass. You get the award. But the the bigger error for me is the lack of timeout. Knowing that we have one, knowing that you're on the sideline, you've got to think as soon as those guys are around you, fuck it. Burn yeah. the timeout. Like, this is it. This is basically why you keep the timeout. If you're not using it with 15 seconds left in the game, like, you know, you're not, you don't need to save it for 4.7 seconds left. Like, just, just go. It's all right. So that's a big mistake. Then we give up a kind of like really, we didn't play that possession pretty well. We, 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 we did everything we were supposed to do, but we knew, we, you knew what was going to happen. You watch any game film on UConn playing. RJ Cole is taking it to the rack, uh, taking it to the cut for a layup. That's, that's what they do at the end of games. And we did not bottle that up. We did not cause, we did not cause enough disruption on defense on that RJ Cole layup. Then uh, Colin comes down the court and candidly, again, put himself in a position where you don't get a call in that situation because it would be one thing if Colin went up for a shot, but Colin went, leaned in for the contact. Yep. And looked out of control and didn't even throw up the shot. It was just kind of like bulldozing. Yeah. And, and so was it a bad call, bad knuckle? Sure. Yeah, but you like, could argue it either way. It's a bang, bang play. Colin decided, I'm going to make the referee make a call here. I, I personally don't agree with that. I think Colin should have come in. He tried to sidestep. I thought you could argue that it was a charge because he, uh, sorry, that it was not a charge because he sidestepped RJ Cole. Either hmm. way, bang, bang yeah. play. Yeah. He could have very easily created some contact and and went up and and hit a layup absolutely that's what he could have done and so and so then then we of course had the foul and then we end up losing the game by two that's how the last 35 seconds of that game played out and that was the game we had the game won we made all the plays down the stretch that we needed to make jermaine samuels hit a big shot uh everyone was making shots we hit we we got the foul calls that we needed to get down the stretch it was exactly how the end of the game you draw up until 35 seconds left. Caleb Daniels misses the front end of a one and one and the game was lost. Yeah. It's uh, it's unfortunate. I think the big thing for me is it is different. As you mentioned, it is different than the losses that we had to Purdue in UCLA. So putting this narrative of, Hey, we can't close out big games. I don't think this is representative of that or captures that experience. So I do, I do want the fan base to kind of, differentiate yeah. this loss with that loss. This is just a close game all the way. And yeah, we made a couple errors, like could have turned one way or the other just didn't happen. John Fanta after the game hosted a Twitter spaces uh, that was well, very well attended as you might imagine. Um, and he said, Villanova wins that game up four with 35 seconds left 99 times out of a hundred. Absolutely. And guess what? He's right. He's a hundred percent right. And so I'm not going to sit here and worry about our end of game, like, finishing situation i still worry about our 10 minutes and less situation because we haven't expanded the bench in fact we've seemed to have tightened it to six yeah um, it's but it's basically six yeah it's basically six and yeah. and that's a narrative that is going to be a narrative i cannot see a situation where that doesn't bite us in march like i am pretty confident that we will be recapping our final game of the season and talking about how we did not get enough 
we did not get enough out of our bench and ended up giving a game away down the stretch. So that's, that's how I feel. Like we, that we should, we should do the work right now and just like write the, and we can just plug in the team. At, right. uh, at, at, it's it's, right. it's, it's going to happen. It's absolutely, yeah. I've never, I've never been more sure of a prediction that we've made on this podcast than that actually happened. Yeah. But that's not what happened against UConn. So I'm not going to sit here and worry about our future prospects because of how we lost to UConn. I want to make another point. Uh, I want to talk about the referees for a little bit. I like um, how we started this podcast saying like, we're not going to talk about UConn that much. We've been talking about UConn for like 10 minutes already. Yeah, but we got to talk about it. We got to talk about some of this stuff. I, I, look, we, we, we try our best here at the full 40. We, we, we do God's work. as time, we said time, is, time is, we're not good with time. No, nah, and we have nobody. By the way, Rachel's not here. Brian's not here. There's nobody keeping us on track. So we've got we've got Chip Kelly like uh, yeah. This is skills. This is fucking off the rails already. But we got to talk about the referees. So Dan Hurley. Oh my god, this is wild. This was oh absolutely god. insane. And I got to be honest with you, I was pissed off at the referees because the first technical foul, Dan Hurley earned that technical foul. Like, and, and I, like, I think Dan Hurley earns a technical foul walking in the building. Like the game yeah, starts yeah. and they're like, right. yeah, we could probably team up already. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he comes in hot. He's just, he, you know, he's a crazy person. Is he married? I believe he's, yeah, you no, know, he's married with a couple of kids. Yeah. Yeah. He posts uh, all the videos That's of, crazy. His, of his, of his family watching the Bengals games. Cause he's randomly a Bengals fan. So Damn. like that's, that's their shtick. And so, yeah, he's got a family. He's got a family. That's so, crazy. His wife is either a saint or like equally as crazy. One of the two. I could see this weird situation playing out where he just like his hot headedness is like nine in the 94 just, by 50. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then like, and, and, and anything around basketball. And then he kind of leaves that all behind in regular life. I could got see it. that playing out. I'm not saying that's definitely the case, uh, but, but I could see it playing out either way, either way. We'll never know. We'll never know. Well, we, we, we could know. If something happens, we'll know. <laughs> It'll make news. But anyway, uh, Dan Hurley absolutely earns really his technical topic. foul. He earns his technical foul. And then James Breeding, who is widely known as the worst referee in the Big East, uh, tees him up again and ejects him for firing up the crowd after he got technical. Now, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. Me either. Was Dan Hurley basically saying F you to James breeding by turning around and firing up the crowd. Yeah. hundred percent. Is that worthy of ejecting a coach from the game? Definitely fucking not. And I'm actually disappointed by that happening because I think that set the stage for later in the game. Like we got a better whistle early in the game, which is what Hurley was complaining about. I think that set the stage later in the game for makeup calls. And I think we got the, we were the victim of makeup calls for the second half of that game. Eh, whatever. To me, this is like, sure, you can claim that. I was actually disappointed initially because I was going to say, oh, we're going to get the win, but then we'll have beaten them without their head coach. There's going to be some asterisks by, we'll be able to take away as much from the game as we wanted to. Well, instead we lost. So yeah. makeup calls or, wait, makeup calls or not, we lost to this team who didn't have their head coach. And obviously like, you know, in-game adjustments matter and some coaches are more active than others. This wasn't their head coach who got the job done. This was their yeah. assistant coach. So their assistant coach. for whatever 100%. reason, we couldn't get the job done, even working through makeup calls, then being down. Think of it as basically being down a critical player, right? Like that's, yeah. that's a miss. 
Yeah, look, it's absolutely on us. I'm not sitting here and telling you that we lost the game because of the referees. And I see a lot of complaining by Villanova fans about the referees. You can always complain about the referees. Guys, we didn't fucking lose this game because of the referees. Like, we lost this game because Caleb Daniels, as we said, failed to hit the front end of a one-and-one with 35 seconds left up four. And, And everything that played out thereafter is why we lost this game. Um, talking about the refereeing, here's what I think on the calls. I think that was a, I think charge block Colin was, that was a 50, 50 call. That's a, that's a coin flip. Um, I think a lot of people's view is that if it's a coin flip, it should go, it should be a block. I get that view. I'm less mad about that one. The tie up that we talked about before as the pass the fucking ball of the week was not a fucking tie. That was a headlock. Oh, that was yeah. like I, it, it was clearly the wrong call. Yeah. Colin and, Gillespie got stone cold stunned basically on that play. It was like rock bottom. It was absolutely a terrible tie up call. He was mauled in yeah. that situation. No, that was so, that was definitely a miss. Again, we didn't lose the game on, but that was a terrible call. Yeah. Now, talking about this game, I, I have a. I want to bring up another. I want to bring up another game. Two thousand six. Number number one, UConn comes into number four, Villanova. And we beat UConn and we stormed the court at the Wells, then Wachovia Center. And Rob, tell me if I'm wrong here. Up until the Chris Jenkins game, that was probably the best game that we've been at. Well, because I wasn't at... I wasn't wasn't at the Scotty Reynolds game. Yeah, I wasn't the Scotty Reynolds game. So... I mean, that was probably the best one. Like, you can argue the Malcolm Grant game, but yeah, uh, yeah, but no, but, but, but no I think I think it's different. I think I think that probably gets the nod. That was that was a pretty awesome environment, and the storm yeah. of the court was like ridiculous. Yeah. What in that moment, like, was that like the the piece of the puzzle, whatever? No, it wasn't. Like, we made the tournament last. Year. We made the tournament the year before. Made the Sweet Sixteen. Beat Kansas at the Wachovia Center at that time by a bajillion points on a blizzard night. But that game that we beat UConn was kind of like the stamp that Villanova was back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. And here's what I have to say. 16 years later, UConn stormed the court when they beat Villanova. And if that is not a sign of how fucking far that this program has come, I don't know what is. Number 21 beats number eight Villanova at their place, and they stormed the court. Yeah. That is a sign of how that's a sign of respect. So as much as people get on UConn fans, because UConn fans are definitely, they get in your face. They are not your, they are definitely fun to play the bad guy. That's their drill. That's what they do. And Villanova fans and fans around the league kind of get into UConn fans because they just don't like that vibe. I personally love that they bring that energy. That was the most watched Big East game uh, since 2017. Um, Yeah. Per Fox. Yeah. 415,000 people tuned in. Like that's why we bring UConn back into the, back into the fold here in the big East. But the fact that the tables were turned and a program that has won four national championships and been to five final fours in the last 25 years felt the need to storm the court after beating Villanova is a sign that Villanova is awesome as the ultimate sign of respect. So That's all I have to it's, say about that. Like it's, uh, like, it's good. You can definitely debate. Like, should they have stormed the court? 
I don't know. There's a lot of, a lot of back and forth. I guess I kind of take the approach of, and it's weird also too, because they, they won a national title in 2014. Uh, so it's like, less than 10 years ago but well, they've been through a lot they've been you through a to, lot they've been you through... have to go play fucking Tulane and Tulsa yeah, whatever yeah, totally, in your league totally. for like six years you'd storm the court too it's, it's very true so yeah I'm, I'm I don't I don't hate it too much I'm all for like you want to express yourself you go do it you won you celebrate I feel like there's a period maybe like six seven years ago where it felt like everybody was storming the court after everything and I feel like we've at least moved through this. So I'm like, okay, a selective court storm. I'm here for it. I absolutely would have been supportive if Providence beat us on their home court. I would have been like, yeah, yeah, totally. Like you do you. But yeah. this one, a little bit of a stretch, but whatever. You're I'm excited about of, beating us. Fine. I'm a fan of court storms on us because, as I said, it's a sign of respect. And also, fucking have fun. Whatever. You're yeah. in college. You're in college for four years. Yeah. You got to have fun. Um what was I going to say? If I started a new college, if I was starting a new college division one basketball program, I would storm the, I would have my students storm the court after every game, every win we storm the court. That's like, you, you our, would. You that's would. our thing. Storm the fucking court. That's it. <laughs> you beat high point university storm the fucking court. Let's go. Somebody my high, high point's going to throw a punch real soon. You're going to get somebody punched. And then, then we're going to have to be like, I don't know, like boxing classes do 10 games or something, <laughs> some shit like that. All right, so let's just let's just take a step out of that game. That game set up the table for Providence um, to go, and if they won two games this Wait, week. Wait, we didn't even do our awards. Oh yeah, our awards. Sorry, we're point. 20, 20 minutes in for our short our short UConn segment. That's fine. Um, our awards. The Alpha Dog of the Week for me goes to Brandon Slater, um, and this is kind of a cumulative award. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, he had probably he, him and Colin had the best games on uh, against UConn. We only played one game this week, uh, but but Brandon Slater, after an absolute paltry December and January, uh, has been in double figures every single game in in the month of February with fifteen um, and four against UConn. I thought he probably look UConn keyed in on. Uh, Colin and Moore and Sonogo absolutely bodied Dixon in this rematch. Yeah, uh, so Sonogo won that bottle. That yeah, sure. yeah, definitely. Um, and they basically sagged off of Slater and Slater made him pay for it with 15 points. So he that's did. why I give my award for the Alpha Dog of the Week to Brandon Slater. I think this is a ridiculous award. I will not be giving my award to Brandon Slater. I will not be giving it to anyone, actually. I will say this, I will support you in, and I need to be very clear on this. I will support you in the narrative of Brandon Slater's turnaround because we were dogging him for a while because he hadn't contributed anything. Listening to his shooting, these are all, all of his games in February from the field, four of six, four of seven, six of nine, four of eight, five of five, five of six, five of 11. That's efficient. I can't fault a guy for that. He's shown up and he had double digits in every single game in February. Yep. That is impactful. That is absolutely impactful. We're obviously going to need that come up. That said, that does not warrant getting the alpha dog of the week. The alpha dog of the week is for big time players who take over a game. Let me tell you, 
This is how we need to define what an alpha dog is here. Because clearly we've forgotten since you're just giving it out. It's not the cumulative alpha dog of the week. It's about somebody who took over a game, who put a team on his back. Urban Dictionary, this is um, uh, per a user from 2008. Alpha dog is defined as the leader of a pack that rolls several dogs deep. No leash can hold him and his tail wags for no one. An alpha dog's bark is in equal proportion to his bite. He's got all the bitches. He's the alpha dog. Now, those are a lot of, there's a lot you can, you can take away from that. None of that, however, is what Brandon Slater exhibited this week in this game. He did not take over. He did not lead the team to a victory. He had a nice game. It's not the nice game award. I will give him credit. Great game, Brandon. Probably the best game of any of the players that we had out there. But does he warrant the alpha dog? Absolutely not. Rob, no chance. Rob, the award is called, and you've called it this many times, the alpha dog of the week, which means that it's a weekly fucking award, Rob. It's yeah, a weekly you, you award. You just tried to give a monthly award. You just tried to give a month. What is that? We can do an alpha I dog. I gave it to award. the best player of the week. That's what it's, it is. It's not the best player of the week award. Too it's bad. the alpha dog of the week. Too fucking bad. No. There's there's no award. There's no award. You, coming you from are me. not Split giving an award. Split it's decision. a week. It's a weekly award, and you are not giving it. You are not. Yes. You are no you, one was an a, alpha dog. This no is one exhibited alpha dog characteristics. This is a miscarriage of justice. Freak out. That's what that is. That's what that Freak is. Freak out. This is this is absolutely you set it up and you don't have the integrity to give an award. You away. have this is basically just accepting mediocrity. Pretty soon we're gonna be Georgetown basketball on your watch. We're gonna Jesus be Christ. we're gonna be giving out awards for like, oh, he looked nice sitting on the bench ward, which we could probably give out to Brian Antoine. Hat tip to our guy who is not in the top six. Um but anyway, and yeah. therefore it does not play and therefore it does not play in, in absolute insanity, by the way. Um, anyway, that's it. Rant over Brandon Slater for Alpha Dog. Absolutely not. Brandon Slater for fucking awesome improvement in February award. Absolutely. That one's not a mouthful at all. <laughs> Is there a Shaq Fit Man play of the week? Because, because it was probably... <laughs> It's not a, it was probably that Samuels play, but at the end of yeah. the game where he where we went up uh, we went up four, but I, I don't have much else. Like yeah, what, what is the Shaq Fit Man play of the week? I, I don't know. Uh, Slater had to like step back three, which was like absurd earlier. <laughs> that was game. wild. Yeah, it was, I was like, yeah, he. I hope he called bank on that one. Like that was garbage, but it went yeah. in, so good for him. All righty, let's move now. On. Let's, let's move on. on. Our loss to UConn sets up Providence for a 2-0 week, which they delivered upon to their credit. Um, they beat Xavier in a thriller on Wednesday night. Hello. Yes. And it featured basically Halloween-level trickery because – This Xavier, was unplanned. That was a great segue. Really Xavier really is good. up three with 2.30 left. And that's not to say that's a guaranteed win, especially against a seasoned team that's good at closing like Providence. But they had, they had up three. <laughs> Nate Watson just just had died. Like, Juan Odom, 
destroyed Nate Watson, like basically ended his life on the court. And then they said, oh, wow, he must have slipped. And then what we realized is that it was raining in the Dunkin' Donuts Center and there was water all over the court. It caused a 20-minute stoppage of play. And and (laughs) after that stoppage of play, Xavier, uh, sorry, Providence goes on like a 5-0 run to take the lead after Xavier had all the momentum. And this is literally playing into the constant theme that Providence is lucky, is lucky. They didn't have to play their game at, uh, at Seton Hall. They didn't have to play their game on dollar beer night at Creighton. And they didn't get, um, and they didn't have to play their return home game versus UConn. Okay, three games that they didn't have to play, all against probable tournament competition, two of which were away. They did actually miss four games, but they managed to reschedule the Georgetown game. So good on that. Good on that. They managed to get that game. They squeezed in that Georgetown (laughs) game. They squeezed in that Georgetown game, but the other three, and a Providence fan would tell you the Big East reschedules the games, not us. Yeah. Kevin Willard, coach of Seton Hall, would tell you, oh, yeah, no, we, we pretty much have the ultimate final say on all of this. So you take that for what it's worth. But to their credit, they've played and beaten all their teams that didn't have all of their players with them. And they did so again against Creighton. And so they beat Creighton by a million last night. And Creighton had just lost their best player, Ryan Nemhard, to a wrist injury on Wednesday night. So they beat shorthanded Creighton and they won the big East regular season championship. Good on that. Kudos, kudos to the Providence Friars. Nothing. I'm not going to, I'm not necessarily you going to bitter. You seem I, I'm bitter. not bitter. Here's the thing. I've said a long time on this podcast that the 7 PM game, the two seed gets the best schedule in the big East tournament. So Absolutely. I am not mad about losing the Big East regular season to a team that frankly got lucky and failed to this, reschedule uh, and failed to reschedule their th- three of their hardest games left on their calendar. Lucky or lucky or not, they 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 won the games. They won, they won the, won the games. games that were played. They won. They the won games. the games. They won the games. And so credit when credit's due, they won the games that were in front of them, and you give them credit. You have to tip your cap. Uh, absolutely yeah. I, absolutely i, I, I took my cap to providence that being said that being said oh boy if they don't win that game versus us on tuesday people are going to be talking there's gonna be a lot of talk there's gonna be a lot of chatter in the who, big east who really. cares who cares like it's well, just like here's the thing, here's the thing. I, I, I just i just don't even if care i just don't even care at this point like you, you, are can, you can have a regular season title we have a bunch of those I agree. I agree. It's like it's like Xavier in 2018. Yeah. Xavier won the Big East regular season championship in 2018. I'm just saying if you're the Providence Friars and you get swept by Villanova and didn't play the, the three of the games that you should have played to finish the regular season against tournament level competition, and then you have to take a week and a half off before playing your noon game uh, on Thursday versus a game opponent, that's not going to be the best taste to leave in your mouth. So that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And there's going to be I think this is there's going to be some hate. There's going to be some hate for for other Big East programs. Providence fans have a way of getting on people's nerves around the Big East. That's not just a Villanova thing. We've said this long before. They have the whiniest fans in the Big East. 
but they, they're going to come in to. I, I never even talked about Providence prior to this, aside from them letting us down. I want to I go on record here. I've never said Providence fans are whiny. They might be. I've never even interacted with a Providence fan. I didn't even know they existed. We always talk oh. about we always talk about the dunk. I was like, I've never been to the dunk. It's like it's a really big thing. And then we always seem to crush people at the dunk, and we won again at the dunk. So here's the deal. It's false narrative. Here's the deal. Providence is gonna come in. They're gonna be the one seed in the Big East tournament. So now we know we will not be playing the noon game. It's great. I think that's fucking terrific. Yeah. I want to play the two o'clock. I want to play the seven o'clock game. I mean, yeah. I want to be the three. I want to be the two seed. I can't say numbers correctly on this podcast, but I want to be the two seed in the Big East in the Big East tournament. How do we get the two seed, Rob? Be Providence, beat Butler. That's it. That's all you got to do. We control our destiny. Otherwise, we invite UConn and potentially Creighton, but probably not Creighton. We invite UConn to the forefront to potentially take the two seed from us. We could fall back to the three seed if everything goes wrong this week. I was going to say, we'd have to lose right. one, lose both. We games. have to lose both. We have to lose both. And I think Butler UConn sucks. has to lose both. Butler yeah. sucks. We should win that game. Yeah. Um, Butler's been playing better of late, but we should still win that game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Hinkle Fieldhouse, as John, as John Fanta says, is a house of horrors for for, yeah. for Villanova. But I think this game is going to be go differently. Yeah, I was going to say I don't I don't know about uh, I don't know about this year. So let's preview that game against Providence. We win um, 89-84 versus Providence at the dunk just a couple weeks ago, and now we got them again on Tuesday, just a couple weeks later uh, at the Finneran Pavilion. Uh, for a game that is not for, doesn't have Big E's regular season um, expectations or or complications. Implications, to, the word. Implications is the cations word that I was looking for. Your your uh, vocabulary is reverting back to your childhood as well, too. It's okay. Yeah, it's correct. I mean, like, that's exactly right. So, anyway, we... This game does not have Big East tournament implications other than our seating. We just don't want to lose right. it for our seating. It does have implications for how our NCAA tournament seeding goes, and it does have implications for uh, perception. So what do we got to do here? I, I, personally, I, I'm going to be at this game. and It's a break game. It's a break game, right? It's a break game. And if you're yeah. a student listening to this, let me just tell you one thing. Your parents don't fucking want to see you, okay? They want a couple more days off. They're paying however much thousands of dollars a year to send you to an expensive school. They don't want your ass at home. So my advice to you is stay on campus. Can you do that? Yes, they offer it. You can stay on campus, stay on campus, stay in your off-campus housing, whatever the hell it is, for four extra days. That, Go that, drink. that, co- that COVID special, they let you stay on campus right. now? I feel right. like they used to kick you off. No, they don't do that anymore. Interesting. Uh, you can, if you get tickets for a break game, you can stay on campus. Oh, that's, that's pretty that's, clever. Yeah. I mean, that's, that makes, and that makes, that sense. makes perfect sense. That's what they yeah. should do. Uh, but guys stay on campus. Like Dude. you get 50 to 60 games a year as a student. That's it. Uh, sorry. Total cumulatively 50 to 60 home games as a student. You didn't get to go. If you're sophomore, junior or senior, you didn't get to go to any of your games last year. So, you should stay on campus. Absolutely. And, and staying on campus is fun anyway. It's like, that's it's fucking way awesome. Funner. It's way fucking funner than being I at home with your parents. I would have stayed on campus. If that option existed when we were in school, I would have stayed on campus every single time. Like yeah. if, if, if this was you and I, 
And they're like, oh yeah, there's a break game. We would have, I think we would have like never left. We'd have gone to all of the break games. Like we would have just hung out there. It would have been amazing. A hundred percent. I give one piss. Seniors going on spring break. Totally. That's fine. You do you. Breezes. That's that's fine. That's right. We went to the breezes our our senior year. And actually we made sure that we came inside to watch the game versus Providence of all teams. We played Providence at the pavilion that year and we watched that game at the breezes. It's um, still, it's still a shock. We didn't get bed bugs. Oh like, my God. It is absolutely shocking. Like, like, like if you're in the G league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would need to bring that back. That's a, that's a, more that's a bring back joke. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, that's a good one. I it, forgot about that. An older good. season of the podcast. Um, look, we know the game plan versus Providence. They roll out their, you know, 50 year senior laden team. And Dixon has to stand up to Watson down low. We got a guard there. We got a guard Bynum and uh, Durham. AJ Reeves has been going off of late. He's been super hot from deep. So we got to stay on top of him. And then Horkler obviously can get it going from deep as well. He's a stretch four. He's excellent. Look, this is a good team. I'm not taking anything away from Providence. And and they've been on a tear lately uh, since losing to us. So they're going to come in and give us everything they got because they know what's on the line. They know that there's going to be a huge asterisk on their title. If they don't, if they get swept by Villanova, that's a, they know that I'm not saying there's that. not going to be an asterisk on their title. Oh, that's so yeah, absurd. That's so absurd. Oh they, know, they, they know that. So Providence is going to come in. Were they taking steroids? Did they kill anyone? No. There's no asterisks on. Top. No, they, they just happen to. The they just happen the to leave off. They just happen to leave off their three hardest games. That's fine. Oh, no big deal. Because the pandemic forced them to miss the games. Come on, nobody's gonna look at that and be like, "Oh yeah, like they didn't play the game." It's Rob, Rob, absolutely ridiculous. Rob, let me ask you something. They missed four games during their pandemic. Tell me the one game that they managed to get rescheduled. I, I, I hear you. I'm just saying history is going to be kind to them because what's going to happen? People are going to look at it and be like, "Oh, it's COVID." That, that's the reaction. There's, there's going to be an asterisk. They're like, oh, it's COVID. Yeah, you missed a few games. Everybody missed a few games. It was it was December. It was Omicron. It was Delta. Can't even keep them straight anymore. Doesn't matter. Missed a few games. That's it. Well, anyway. Anyway. We have a debate here on the full 40 about whether or not Providence has an asterisk if Villanova kicks their ass on Tuesday, which, by the way, getting into score predictions, I think we're going to win this game by 12. Wow. Yeah, I think we're going to beat the brakes off of Providence on Tuesday. And it goes into all the reasons why. Villanova says every year they say that our goal is to win the Big East regular season. That is their stated goal by Jay Wright and the team every year. They're saying we're not thinking about the tournament yet. They do ultimately think about the tournament. But right now we can control our destiny relative to the Big East regular season. And that's what they set out. That's the first goal. Or sorry, technically the Big Five is the first goal. The Big East is the first goal um, second goal of the year. So I think Villanova is going to come out. I think everybody's going to be hot. And I think this is going to be, I think we're, I think we're going to, I think we're going to kick some ass on Tuesday. That's my belief. I like it. My prediction is also a pretty solid win, but I think the score shifts a lot. I think both coaches are going to look back at the game film and say, um, sorry, the score was 89 to 84. That's unacceptable. Yeah. And this is going to be more of a rock fight. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna get it more in line with what we expected the first time around, and I think this one ends up like, I don't know, seventy four, sixty six, something like that. More in line okay. with the average. I respect that. Yeah, and I would probably go in the same realm, but just a twelve point spread. Yeah. Okay. 
12 is big. Oof. All right. Okay. All right. We All also right. have a game versus Butler, and we talked about that already. The, the, the issue is just to avoid Hinkle magic. Um, and I have a feeling that we will. Yeah, I, I agree. I, can, um, I can't imagine that many people even show up for that one. No, I'm sure they all show up because of Butler fans. Yeah, but like, eh, the season kind of sucks. We'll see. So I want to talk about, uh, we have the Big East tournament going, coming up. I want to talk about a different tournament, not the Big East tournament. I want to talk about the ACC tournament for a second. The ACC had the audacity, the audacity to book the Barclays Center again after the Big East tournament has kicked their ass, even without UConn in the conference, on resale value, on attendance, on everything again. And look, it's nice to have a secondary tournament. Like, look, like, look, the the New York Yankees play in the Bronx. The Staten Island, uh, they're no longer affiliated, but the Staten Island Yankees played in Staten Island. The AAA team played in a different borough. And, you know, some people went if they couldn't afford to go to the Yankee game. That's what happens. That's what the ACC tournament is. It's a triple A. It's a triple A conference tournament. Rob, and they're playing at the Barclays Center thinking, we're the ACC. Everyone should just come watch Duke and North Carolina. Sorry, North Carolina is a 12 seed at best, and they don't deserve it other than the name on the front of their jersey is going to get them into the 12 seed conversation. Duke is not vintage Duke, but they probably end up as a 2-3 seed, and they'll probably end up in the Sweet 16, so credit when credit's due. That's the only good team in that league. UVA sucks this year. Terrible. Syracuse just got annihilated at the Carrier Dome by by Duke, okay? And let's talk about Syracuse for just one second because I cannot wait to see the handful, the dozen of Syracuse fans that decide to go to the Barclays Center and have to pass through MSG on their way to the Barclays Center. And I would just like to hand them a subway map. You could be walking upstairs, but we don't fucking want you anymore because – they're terrible. Noted, noted person killer Jim Beheim plays all his sons on the team, and they're terrible. And they don't have a chance this year of making it to the tournament unless they win the godforsaken ACC tournament. So, by and large, Syracuse fans, go right ahead and pass through Penn Station on your way to the Barclays Center to watch your noon tip time versus fucking Georgia Tech. And have fun doing that in a maybe third filled arena. It's true. It, and especially this year, it just not have the cachet that normally does. I look, I give them credit for pulling the trigger on the Barclays, tapping into the New York market, Duke, North Carolina, UVA, not as much UVA, Duke, North Carolina, they're national brands. They stand for something. People in regular years when it was K and it was Williams they do come out for those teams. And usually the teams can back it up with some quality basketball and some top seeds. It's not this year. That's for sure. And I mean, a bunch of, a bunch of the league has kind of fallen off for the most part. And and it's a lot of actually old big East schools too. Like Syracuse is nothing. Like you said, it's not just this year. It's every, it's basically every year since Pittsburgh, is Pittsburgh sucks. Notre Dame sucks. Notre Dame is actually the school Notre- I'm, I'm most sad about because Notre Dame's going to make the tournament this year. Just a heads up. That's fine, but they they suck relative to what they used to work. Mike Bray used to do an awesome job with that program, like year in and year out. 
just like getting solid recruits and getting it done. And they were fun. Like I loved what they did with it. They stink. They stink. They're, BC's they're a joke. BC's a joke. BC's the no, fucking, BC's always been a joke. BC's whatever. the fucking DePaul of that league. And DePaul's better than BC by a margin. Louisville, the criminal enterprise there in Kentucky, is is just absolutely on fire. Um, they're fucked. And so, and so, yeah, as you're right, you're right. The, the Big East teams have done nothing for that league at all. Uh, yeah. And guess what? The ACC is in trouble because guess what? After a matter of time, Clemson is going to get picked off by the SEC because of their football program. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then what's going to happen when you have a Coach Kittless Duke, a Roy Williams-less North Carolina? Yeah. That league doesn't have much left after that. Yeah. That's a bunch of dregs in that league. NC State is always up and down. Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, who gives a fuck about those schools? UVA's got to bring it back up. Florida yeah. State has had Leonard Hamilton there for a million years. They have a banner because they were the number four team in the country at the end of the COVID year. Like, like it's, that a weird, it's a weird sucks. flex. It's weird that flex. league sucks. Rob, and by the way, getting back to Syracuse for a second, what the hell is Syracuse going to do after Jim Beheim leaves? Because, because uh, upstate New York, not anywhere close to any schools that you have a rivalry with. Yeah, you play Duke in North Carolina twice a year. Like, like what is what, what is Syracuse going to do to reload? Like, they're going to pay somebody. They're going to open the pocketbook, and they're going to pay somebody a lot of money. But other than paying somebody a lot of money, how they how's that guy going to get recruits to upstate New York? Maybe Bayheim will have some more sons, and they'll like do accelerated growth. Because I think when you clone somebody, you can accelerate their growth. So maybe they'll do that and they'll just have like a bunch of Jimmy, like Jimmy four, Jimmy five, buddy two. And that's <laughs> maybe that's what they'll do indefinitely. Right. Like, like Syracuse is in trouble. The ACC is in trouble. I, I got to be honest with you. I didn't think this was going to be the case 10 years ago. I would, I would slap myself in the face 10 years ago if I said this was going to be the case. It's, pretty, it's a pretty hot take. The ACC being in trouble. I don't know if they're in, in trouble. trouble per in se. trouble. In trouble. It's, they've had it's a down it's a down year and they've got new blood flowing through it. This is a little bit of their new Big East moment. They actually need to redefine the conference because a lot of their stalwarts are leaving. This is they, di- they're in a dicey. Fine, I'll give you this. They're in a dicey situation right now. This can go a couple different ways. It, it could go a couple different ways. They could come out of this like the new Big East did and said, "Oh yeah, we just kind of like reloaded." When the new BE started, we lost a bunch of coaches too, and we still have. And like things have been okay. Granted, caliber of coaches, we haven't brought in quite what they need to be. But like point being, new Big East has been all right. I think I don't want why, why are we talking about the ACC so much anyway? I just want to shit on the ACC for having their conference tournament in the same city fine. that we do. Fine. Well, all right. That's fine. We'll end there. Um, talking about the Big East tournament. The it's going to be absolutely wild right now. If the season ends today, you got Providence on one side of the bracket, you got Villanova and UConn on the other, and it's looking like that's probably how it's going to play out. So you have a potential matchup between Villanova and UConn on semifinal Friday night, Providence and whoever they're going to get Seton Hall's gotten hot at the right time. Xavier is not going to do anything. Um, St. John's has been better of late. They lost to Creighton on Wednesday, which probably obliterated their, at large NCAA tournament hopes, but they obviously can get in via the, um, the thing. Uh, and so, and so 
what do you got here? You got the Northeast schools starting to build up. And I think this is going to be just uh, Rob, the ticket values already on StubHub are absolutely insane. I can't, oh, you God. can't get in, you can't get in the door for less than like $150 already. Oof. Yeah. It's, it's, it's normally pretty bad. And I think, yeah, between COVID kind of first year coming back from that and then UConn combined with it and just the strength of the teams in general, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be an expensive one, but it's going to be a fun one. I'm looking for some free tickets from Villanova for our pretty big East tournament, but I feel like we're not going to get them. Yeah. And that's actually a good time to bring up to the fan base here. We will be doing live editions of the full fort at most likely Crompton alehouse right sounds like sounds like yeah yeah it sounds like it's going to turn out that way and we know that we're going to be in the evening session so we know that we will be doing it on thursday yeah um at roughly 4 30 p.m on thursday Five, yeah we'll start there check the villanova alumni emails because that'll tell you for sure and check our twitter page we will be confirming it we're in the process of lining up some guests uh, so should be a fun time. Come grab a drink uh, and come talk basketball with us uh, here at the full 40. So, Absolutely. so that's what that, that's what, that's all. It is. So what do we got coming down the stretch here? We got the Providence game, we got the Butler game, and we got the potentially three Big East tournament games. We, we know that we're the three seed right now um, at the season end today because um, bracket matrix and the, bracket preview show and everything and nothing's happened like yes yes we did not have a great game and we lost to UConn doesn't change anything doesn't move the needle one direction or the other one through six lost this week uh, this weekend nine Texas Tech who I think is like my sleeper pick to make it really far in the dance I do not want any bit of Texas Tech they lost to TCU of all teams Um, so one through six Eight, we lost on Tuesday. Eight and nine lost. So 80% of the top 10 lost this week. Absolute insane uh, picture from a national perspective. Uh, Either way, what I don't think that moves the needle. I don't think we've changed from our three seed position. Uh, I still think that we have the inside track at the three seed, but it would really help to win a couple games here this week. Uh, And then probably win one. We probably only need to win one more. If we win both games this week, we probably only need to win I one. Bet, I bet. I bet if we. I bet if we beat Providence this week and Butler, like, I think you're kind of locked you, in. Three. I don't, probably, I don't think, you don't think we're falling think, off. No, I don't think it really matters at that point because like the, the tournaments are always like. I always interpret the tournaments as like, eh, it's kind of gravy. Like maybe if it's like a, a tiebreaker, it's almost like a nice to have. I, I just don't see anybody jumping us with like with another basically a top ten win like under your belt. And eh, that kind of locks it up. I think in the committee's mind, they're like, yeah, they're good. They, they got it done. All right, cool. Move on. Yeah, I, I, look, I don't think we're dropping below a four at all in any circumstance anymore. I don't think we are climbing past a two. You know, I personally, I'll say guilty as charged, held on to the one seed hopes way longer than I should have. I was going to um, say, that was, that was absurd. Uh, but, but we have, we're, we're probably locked into the three. I think we're going to wind, if, if this when the season ends, I think we're going to be a three seed. That's how I think yeah. this is going to win. Good. I think we're going to win both games this week. I think we are going to make a run in the Big East tournament. I think we have a chance at a two. I think ultimately the committee will knock us back to the three. And if I had to choose between a two seed or the final or the first three seed and get into the Eastern Regional, I'm taking the Eastern Regional 
eight times and four times on Sunday. That's how that's how much I want to be in the Eastern Regional. It's a lot of times. It's okay. a lot of times. I want to be the Eastern Regional at least 12 times. I think I said 11, 12 times. You, you did say 12. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So that's what I want. Fair Rob, what else do we got to talk about? Um, I think we hit the big ones. We talked about Big East tournament. We talked about NCAA seating. Talked about Butler. I think that's I think that's like pretty much it at this point. And we talked about home field. We talked about how you should use the code full 40 to get 15% off at home field. We talked about that right at the beginning of the podcast. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. I guess one other shout um, just to look out for um, Tessa was on campus a a couple weeks back, interviewed some students. She's obviously not going to be there this week because it's break and there won't be any students there. It would be a challenge to find them. She's going to be back on campus though in the next couple of weeks. So definitely look out for we're going to be doing some more interviews with the students, had a lot of fun with those, um, but especially leading up to the Big East. And then, of course, leading up to and ideally into the second weekend of the tournament too, get some good fan reactions and see how everybody's feeling. So if you're a student on campus uh, and you want to be featured, definitely give us a shout. Otherwise, we'll find you. Yeah. I also want to shout out, stay tuned for some new branding and stay tuned for a new style of podcast. So mm. just, mm. just a little teaser, just putting that out there, putting a couple of feelers out there. We're working on some things here at the full 40. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we're, we're, we're looking into the future. That's what we're doing. We got to do God's it's, work. It's the, met, gonna, it's the metaverse. And God has told us to play at a higher level. And so it's, we're going to do that. We're going to have a metaverse location. Everybody look out. It's gonna That's be cool. right. That's right. So recap, what do you need to know? What do you need to know? You Is that a need... question or a statement? Yeah, no, sorry. My, I got a notification in my, in my ears. <laughs> so what do you need to know for this week? Providence has to lose on Tuesday. We have to beat them. We have to beat Butler. And then the Big East tournament's coming up. We want to be the two seed in the Big East tournament and to look out for us doing a live show from Crompton Alehouse. Buy your goods from Home Field Apparel, people, and we'll see you at the Pavilion on Tuesday, or we will see you at MSG. That's all we got for today. So I love it. Thank you for listening, and as always, let's go Nova. Let's go Nova.